Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account to get amazing odds boosts every single day. Start things off with a, with a quick little pick of the week for you here. Uh, I, I, a couple weeks ago, I said, take the Eagles to win the Super Bowl, and they're in the Super Bowl. I'm just throwing it out there. You know, might have been wrong about Djokovic, but uh, might be right about the Eagles. You know, sometimes you get some right, sometimes you get some wrong. That's how it works sometimes with the betting. So, Eagles got a got a decent chance to to pick me up on that pick of the week. Stick with it. Maybe you win a little bit of money over at DraftKings Sportsbook. When you use code DNVR over there, you get a $5 bet on any Super Bowl bet, and you get $200 in free bets instantly with a new account and the DNVR code. So get over there, get $200 in free bets so you can have a little bit of fun with DraftKings. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Other terms, restrictions, and conditions apply. Void in Ohio. Uh, and of course, you can see the show notes down below for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. On today's show, we're going to answer some listener questions. We'll get to that in a little bit. But we also wanted to take a quick look around the league to start things off. Take a look at the Eastern Conference. See what's going on over there. As I'm going to be honest with you, the Eastern Conference is the better conference of the two, if you look at it. Just objectively, right now, the West isn't all that good but not that they're bad it's just that the the east has some some juggernauts in it uh beyond that though the news of the day uh the washington capitals signing dylan strome to a five by five year deal after acquiring him so uh he's a he's a capital for a long time going forward here and as a ufa or i i yeah it's a ufa deal that worked out and once again, you wonder, Chicago couldn't get anything for that guy? Just let that guy wander into free agency, huh? Okay. I mean, player trajectories are weird, right? It's not like Arizona did much with him either. Yeah. Uh, isn't Arizona's isn't, – isn't Nick Schmaltz a result of that deal? Is he? Pretty sure they got traded for each other. Well, at least they got good value out of them, right? Schmaltz has been fine in Arizona, yeah, totally. It's the way life goes sometimes, I suppose. Uh, not what you want out of a third overall pick, but definitely, especially in an all time great draft. Whoops, (laughs) but whatever. Can't Um, ring that bell. We can start here since Washington is the news. What do we are Washington legit or are they are they pretenders this year? We know they've had a ton of injuries throughout the early parts of the season. They're starting to get healthy ish. HA's making weird squinty faces. Well, like, like, are they legit in terms of what? Are they? Let's start with are they a playoff team, which I think they are, but are, are they a genuine contender in the playoffs? I think they're going to be really matchup dependent. Okay. Um, but I mean, like, are you comfortable in a seven game series against if they're, if they do get healthy, you know, and they if Backstrom and Wilson are in that lineup. Are, are, are you comfortable against that team? Darcy Kemper playing well. Uh, I'm as who as Colorado. No, I mean anybody. Uh, like if you're if you're the Carolina Hurricanes or the Boston Bruins, and you're rolling into round one, and that could be your wild card matchup, are you comfortable? Uh, I, I don't think I'm that uncomfortable against them if I'm like Boston or Carolina as a top end. I think you can take them. I mean, 
Carolina, especially when you talk about when they get into the postseason and they don't have that guy, yeah. Washington has two or three of them. That's definitely true. So I'm I'm Washington's biggest problem is it's kind of like Colorado's, just their health has been a huge, huge factor in where they are right now, but they're not that far out of it. <clears throat> I I just don't know if I trust their depth. But I, you know, I guess their depth is playing better than I thought it was. It's a pretty good team. I mean, defensively, if John Carlson's like done, done. Yeah, that's. I'm assuming John that's Carlson's a not coming back. Big, big but. loss for them because that's where they're just not very good. Overall, the production has left me wanting a little bit at this point in the season. But even reflecting on the recent Caps Avs game, sort of before the break. That was an, a Caps team that wasn't at 100% because they have been dealing with injuries, and it was still a competitive team. And so imagining them fully healthy, I do think it gets better from this point on for them. That I would personally, like if I was a Boston or a Carolina, not view it as too easy. Though I do think Darcy Kemper in the playoffs is still a little bit of an unknown. We saw some really great moments from him with the Avalanche, but then he was also harped by injuries. So we didn't get to see what he's fully like in playoff mode and on that. That's also just a question mark. It could be honestly one of their biggest strengths in a playoff run. Darcy Kemper's performance in that it just remains a little bit of a mystery because he was <coughs> by injury the way that he was. Yeah. <clears throat> and if you're, again, if you're Carolina and you're looking at potentially facing Darcy Kemper in round one of the postseason. Uh, and and Alex Ovechkin and the rest of the Caps, healthy or not, would you rather that or would you rather Craig Anderson and Nuka Pekka in Buffalo? Two very different scenarios there, isn't it? Yeah. Now, and now, to be fair, Buffalo isn't even in right now. It's still Pittsburgh would have that second wild card at this moment. But Yeah, but I mean, you're talking Florida, the Islanders, and the Sabres aren't in that spot right now, but they're within a couple of points. Definitely. So, like, they're—I would say—they're all still in that wild card conversation. And until Washington is fully healthy, I mean, they—they they go into the break four and six in their last ten. So it's not like they're lighting it up here. They're not pulling away from anybody. My—I mean, my question when you're looking at that conversation of who Carolina plays is less: can they get a better team in the wild card? And more: is it even possible for them to track down Boston? You're talking about they're seven points back of Boston. Obviously, there's just no way what Boston did in the early parts of the season continues. Uh, now, they did lose three of their last four, I believe. But is Boston genuinely this legit, or are we going to see them become a real normal hockey team in the second half? I think their normal is still pretty good. I think they have a lot of solid pieces, like – I have been a bit defensive of Jim Montgomery lucking out behind the bench with the team in front of him and the start that they've had, but I do think it is a combination of all of these things together. I don't think it's sustainable. What are they at 83 points, 51 games in? Yep. I don't know if it's just sustainable to that capacity at that pace, but I do think they've had some pretty decent goaltending. They're getting a lot out of Pasternak this season, and I do think Jim Montgomery is a little bit of a secret weapon in terms of the command that he brings behind the bench, the in-game adjustments he can make to sway the chain, the pace of a game and his ability to get the most out of his players. It's not something that I, Megan Angley, am only touting. Like, this is something Logan O'Connor has said translates well at the NHL level for Jim Montgomery. And I do think they have a lot of reason to continue performing well. It would be really tough to me for them to continue giving up as few goals as they have. Uh, I will just say, just from the statistical point of view here, um, because I do agree with Megan that Jim Montgomery is like fabu. And <clears throat> if the abs were ever going to move off of Jared Bednar after last season, say they don't win the Stanley Cup, that was the guy that I was like, please don't get a job. Because bringing him back to Denver would have been a fun story. But they won the Stanley Cup, and so it didn't end up being a story. Anyway. Boston's PDO is sky high as a team at 5v5. We talk about Seattle and how Seattle's coming back to earth and they're going to crash or whatever, but 
Therapedio is sky high. Not like it's a touch above, you know, average here, or it's just a really good team executing at a really high level. No, it is astronomical. <laughs> it's coming down. How do they, how, how do, do they continue to win games when they come down? Instead of winning 5-2 over Toronto, does that mean they win 3-2? Maybe. That might just be the difference, is that instead of blowing their doors off in the third period of that game, it finishes at 3-2. Okay, because that will bring it down a little bit. They have been awesome this year. Both of their goaltenders have been very good. It's the goaltending that seems unsustainable to me. <clears throat> their shooting percentage isn't, like, crazy. It's still third best at 5v5 in the NHL. It's very good, just not outrageous. Their safe percentage, really, it's it's number one. Guess who's number two? At five at five? Yeah. I'm asking this for a reason. It's Colorado, guys. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I was going to say it's got to be Colorado or, like, Minnesota. Who else has 130 goals against? New Jersey, I guess, has a really low goals against. Yeah, next is Nashville, Dallas, and the Islanders. Ooh, okay. So interesting. The Central Division. Oh, Winnipeg's at six, by the way. I will give Megan credit for probably having gotten that, but she froze. So she definitely got it. <laughs> yeah. I, it's weird as I don't look frozen on this, my end. It seems to be moving really well. But yesterday, people were saying I had dial up internet and I couldn't see what they meant. That was really frightening because you were still frozen and just started talking. Yeah, oh your audio God. works fine. Yeah, your audio is totally fine. All right, so that's very misleading. I apologize <laughs> to the visual scare. Spooky, spooky stuff going on on <clears throat> the streamyard. So, um, but anyway, about like Boston, yeah, the, I I just think that they are. I think they're they're a really well built, good team. They're really well coached. They have good players at all levels. They have great players at all levels, having great seasons. Yeah. What more can you ask for? But they 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 just haven't. You can't keep getting nine thirty seven at a yeah, line like Walmart, they right? just like... haven't smashed into anything yet. Yeah, they haven't had any problem. I mean, the they the reason I was down on them coming into the year was because they had major injury issues, <clears throat> uh, and. Every single one of those guys came back way ahead of schedule. Imagine if that had been Colorado's world. All their all their guys came back chilling. ahead of schedule. Yeah. They would have had a full lineup in mid-November. Where would they be right now? What a nice life that must be. <laughs> so it's been it's been an interesting year uh, for Boston, but I do think when you are looking at a team that okay, hey, how, just how good are they? They're great. Their underlings are great. They're really good offensively. They're deep at forward. They've unlocked whatever was buried in Pavel Zaka when he was in New Jersey. He looks really good. Yeah. He's dangerous. I mean, they're getting production out of AJ Greer. Like, <laughs> like it's it's like all corners of their organization are finding gems. And this is what you see every year. We talk about there's a couple of teams. <clears throat> there's a couple of teams that just get full of career years. Guys just guys just crush it. Their best players crush it. Their depth players crush it. Their goalies are on fire. Every year you get a couple of teams where things just work for them. Right now, Boston is Boston is doing it better than we've seen a team do it in a long time. Outside of last year's abs for 60 games. The Interesting thing with Boston is had if they were playing in the West, I don't know that there's any teams that I would feel confident could stop them. The top of the West just isn't doesn't feel that dangerous this year. But you look at the East, you look at their division in the Atlantic, and you have a very good Toronto team mm -hmm. that's significantly far behind them. They did beat them the other night, but everybody likes to meme on Toronto because it's Toronto. But doesn't take away all the talent they have. That's a really good hockey team. You have down the line from that Tampa Bay, who isn't having the best year ever, but easily a playoff team and have the pedigree, of course, of 
making three Stanley Cup finals in a row. Yep, that's a team. They are 24-1 and one at home. That's pretty good. Like, if you're going to be 500 on the road, just don't lose at home is a good way to be. We already talked about Carolina and Washington in the Metro. You also have the new up-and-comers of New Jersey, who seem like they've finally put it all together this year. We're also extremely hot at the start of the year. Um, and then you have New York, who has kind of clawed their way back from what was a bit of a slow start for them. So it's just a bloodbath over there. I Way too early predictions. Who you got coming out of these two divisions? Uh, is the top three? Yeah. Well, I think the Atlantic is done. Yeah, it'd be pretty tough even for Buffalo to catch anybody. What's that? Oh, yeah, it would be tough for Buffalo to unseat the Lightning. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, in the in the Metro, there's a <clears> battle, <throat> right? You have the Rangers, Washington, and Pittsburgh. You can even throw the Islanders in that conversation all all fighting for that third spot. Oh, New Jersey. New Jersey has an eight-point lead. They could come back, too, for sure. Well, New Jersey has an eight-point lead on Washington, and they have four games in hand on the Caps. Like, I don't know that the Caps can catch that. I'm never going to say never, but it's not easy, like, for sure. The Devils The Devils started out obscenely hot, and then they were okay for a little while, but they, they go into the break 8-1-1. Yep. Like, they're good, guys. I don't uh, – Vitek Vanacek is it. He's just good. Yes, but Brad is good. You know – you know who's Jesper brought rules? The Brat Pack is annoying. <laughs> those t- props, props to those people for one, branding themselves with a funny name, and two, making everybody else not like them <laughs> by just being like Jesper brought us the man. The way that those, the way that, that that gang goes about the internet is how Nuggets fans used to be with Jokic before he started winning MVPs. Shots fired out here. The Jesper Brat Pack account that I don't know if there's several to be honest, but there's one in particular that has been a little weird online. So, uh, co-signed. <laughs> All right, just take it down a notch, guys. We the guy's great. Isn't that enough? Hard out on the Brat Pack, I guess. Yeah. Cool with it, actual Brat. Not cool with Brat Pack. Yeah. It is certainly fun to see New Jersey's forward core come together entirely, though, as you're yep. obviously getting great seasons out of Hughes, his year, and, and even very solid year out of someone like Dawson Mercer. So. Yeah, out of someone like Dawson Mercer. That was a first-round pick. I like, get it, but he's still – I'm saying he's very, very young still. It's only his second year in the league, so relax. The I fact will that he's consistent is good. I will say it's their pursuit of a guy like Timo Meyer and having a guy uh like a like an Alexander Holtz just like in sitting the wings, in their system yeah. is like <laughs> it's a little okay. scary. Yeah, sure. like all right, this is they go and get Timo Meyer and find a way to keep him. Uh oh. I mean, I I think they have some some question marks on the back end. Obviously, Dougie has been great for them. Uh, That's my man. You get beyond that. I know you and I, AJ, both do really like Severson, but his point production is way down this year. He's not played very well this year. He and has been he's been really iffy. That guy is playing himself into an under market deal in Colorado next year. And then things beyond that get hodgepodge pretty quickly. Obviously, XAV Ryan Graves down there. The Avs fans should be well aware of his limitations. And his upside. I mean, come on. He's a good They're, player. Sure. I, I'm not saying he's bad, but I'm I'm looking at them defensively and wondering if their depth holds up in the playoffs. Oh, wow. And Vanacek. Obviously, goalie can solve all problems. But The guy has been a top 10 goaltender this year, and Washington was like, like totally fine moving on from that dude. So did they mess it up or is another shoe about to drop? 
I'll have to uh, watch the rest of the season to find out. Yeah. And that's where lack of trust. <laughs> I, I don't know if anyone else watched the uh, all the YouTube videos that are joking about the NFL being scripted lately. But uh, if the NHL was scripted, what would the season finale be? That's a good question. <laughs> I mean, what is no. the motive here? <laughs> Let's see. Uh, who Who's the biggest draw? I mean, if the NHL was scripted, Toronto would stop losing the first round, right? Like that would have, that'd have to be a thing. No, because if it was scripted, they would get out of the first round, and then they would lose to Boston again. Yeah, true. In round two. That, that's on, we're on track for that. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's been building towards a redemption arc for Toronto. Like all these years of loss, it's going to culminate in this incredible moment. The 60-year storyline coming together for Toronto. I'm here for it. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm, I'm cool with them beating Tampa Bay in the first round, but they're going to lose to Boston in round two. They're not slaying all those demons. That's too many demons. Either way, maybe what the NHL script writers need is a little bit of Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. You can get yours at your local liquor store anywhere in the country, but you got a special thing going on with Breck Brew right now. They're giving away an amazing ultimate game day experience where you can get tickets to an Avs game in the fifth row. All you have to do, go follow us at DNVR Avalanche on Twitter, go follow Breck Brew on Twitter, and be sure to enter at the link that gets tweeted out from the account. It's a great deal. It's amazing seats. It also comes with Club Lexus access. Uh, you get two free DNBR shirts. You get free parking at the arena. It's it's just a dope experience all the way around. You can't go wrong with it. Uh, if you're on, The Nuggets are also doing this, by the way. You can enter for a Nuggets game if that's your thing, too, uh, as they're obsessed with their courtside fits right now. What hockey doesn't really have a courtside fit thing, do they? There's just one rule don't put your beer on the glass. That's true. Don't put your beer on the glass. Uh, the closest thing to a courtside fit that I've seen in the NHL is the green men that used to go oh, to Vancouver the games. Box guys, yeah. yeah. So you can do that and start throwing waffles into the penalty box at people. That's That's the play. Fun. Go check it out on Twitter. Again, DNVR Avalanche and Breck Brew combining for that one. And then when you're lazy and you don't want to go outside and do things, don't do that, but do Jive Hive instead. They'll deliver your weed directly to you wherever you may be in the Denver metro area. You do have to enter your address, make sure they got you covered. But they have you completely covered all the way with whatever you might need. Jive Hive will bring you your buzz. It's way better than going to the dispensary. You don't have to deal with all that stuff. I know, AJ, you're one of the people who finds it super awkward to go in there, and I don't blame you at all. Uh, it's just it's just a hassle that you just don't need anymore. That's all. You can go to Jive Hive at J-I-V-E-H-Y-V-E.com. You can get it delivered ASAP, or you can schedule it in the future. So if you know you have some time, maybe tonight, maybe tomorrow, where you're going to want a J to smoke, They'll bring it right to you. It's it's I, it's literally the smartest idea I've ever heard. I don't I don't know anything better than bringing people their own weed so they can just stay on their couch and be couch locked. It's it's the best, especially with all of the snow we've been getting lately. So again, go to jivehive.com. That's j i v e h y v e dot com to order today. They serve Aurora, Greenwood Village, Monument, Fountain, and various areas of El Paso County. So make sure you put your address in and see if they deliver to you. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, do you guys have anything you specifically wanted to touch on with the East, or should we move on to listener questions? I mean, why is it so much more fun out East than out West? Like, you're mediocre, like, trying to get their team. Like, Buffalo is 10 tons of fun. Everybody likes watching a Buffalo game. You know, Florida is still fun to watch, even though they're not last year. And Ottawa is a good watch. The Islanders are brutal. Don't watch them. 
They're not fun. <laughs> Don't, uh, I mean, I guess having good teams is fun. what I would say. Well, and like on the other side, in those same places out west, you have Nashville, St. Louis, Vancouver. Stay yeah. gay. None of those are good teams. Yeah, well, and then at the bottom of the west, you have San Jose, Arizona, Anaheim, and Chicago. Which are beyond not good. And I, I put like, Vancouver's really in that group. Accidentally, but in that group. They're only two points ahead of, of San Jose. And there's six behind St. Louis. So I, I, put, I have Vancouver in the wrong group, but they're at least an interesting watch this year with, you know, Tyler Myers in full chaos giraffe mode and who's their goalie on any given night. And their forward core is fun. Like it's talented enough. And who's JT Miller going to scream at next? Like there's at least some intrigue there, I guess. For all the wrong reasons, maybe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you're not tuning in because you're like, because like Buffalo, you tune in, you're like, I don't know what we're going to get, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be entertaining. Vancouver is kind of like, uh, it's it's a lot of the, uh, I'm enjoying others' misery here. The, the train wreck you can't look away from a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I want to be able to say I was watching when this thing snaps in half. See the fans sent Bruce Boudreaux a Bruce There It Is jersey. Oh, it's beautiful. That's nice. That's such a cool relationship that developed. Yep. For a guy that was there for like barely not a that year. long. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, Megan. It's kind of been said, but the understated fun that is Buffalo that the East gets to have. Like the top four in East and the top four in West in each of the divisions are actually all pretty fun, but I'm still like not sure what to make of Minnesota in the, the West, to be honest. But like overall, general fun, pretty fun. Buffalo, though, like Craig Anderson still being a viable goaltender and then getting the absurd level of production that they're getting from Tage Thompson has been overall a very entertaining storyline. Where we'll would the West the... be without expansion? What would the Pacific Division be if Vegas and Seattle were? If they still existed, but they weren't in the Pacific Division. It'd be an aggressively mediocre LA and Calgary. And Edmonton? Like, <laughs> I think Seattle's a, a low-key fun story, too. Uh, we're all expecting, I guess, I'll say, I'm, I'm expecting... Yeah, I'm expecting a big crash there, but also like, good for them. Last year was tough to sit through. It just wasn't a very interesting brand of hockey that they got introduced to, even though it was more of like a proper franchise, like expansion franchise experience. Uh, super, I'm like the fan base is really taken to it, and it's great. It's great for those markets uh, that they get good hockey as quickly as they did. To turn, help turn them into viable hockey markets. You know, it it took such a long time for Nashville and Columbus to break through and be like interesting. Columbus, it was close to a decade. Like, I mean, and it didn't last long. It sure didn't. Um, uh, Seattle's weird to me, right? Because I do think it's interesting. I do think it's fun. I do think it's not going to last. Uh, can they get? I mean, I guess they're getting reasonable goaltending out of Martin Jones, but you know I just have yeah. no faith there for that to continue. And we've seen Philip Grubauer be a disaster for them. True. True. Uh, was, there, was there a question? Uh, there wasn't. I was just getting to the point of, like, if you had to pick one spot to overcome a problem, goaltender's a tough spot oh. to overcome. Well, and L.A.'s got the same thing. Vegas, yeah. to a lesser extent. Logan Thompson... Started up here, and it's just been a slow drip down. Hasn't been like a drastic, he's fallen off the table. It's just more like, hey, this guy just really wasn't ready to be a full-time NHL I mean, starter yet. Honestly, but he's held his own. That's just the case for a lot of the West, isn't it? You look at Calgary and Vancouver, and they haven't gotten the years. I know, you know that Demko ended up getting hurt, but yeah. Markstrom has not been the guy that Calgary had hoped he would be. Having the worst season of his entire NHL career right now. Yep. 
So maybe that's it. Maybe the West just needs better goalies and things would be more fun. I like that you were like, any final thoughts on the East? And I'm like, let's talk about the Kraken. <laughs> Not the East at all, but hey, a coast is a coast, all right, as far as, far as Colorado is concerned. <laughs> anyway, yeah. we can get to our user questions here. Very important one here. Very deep cut from Luke who asks, what would the name of the Denver-based USHL team be if DNVR ran it? <laughs> I don't know. Does it have to even relate to Colorado? That could be whatever you want. I have no idea. Rocky Mountains Coast. Sergio's. Sergio. Uh, <laughs> Shout out Sergio, the long lost Mario brother. Someone tweeted at me they should we should name it the Extreme. Yeah. Yeah. That was my initial instinct was Rocky Mountain Extreme and have it just come full circle. Uh Rocky. we could bring back the cutthroat name. Oh no. Yeah. I'm I, good. I uh I want something more menacing than a trout. I mean, Cutthroats is a great name. Just change the mascot to a pirate, and it means something very different. Because <laughs> I do want to be clear that it has to be menacing. <laughs> we need a menacing what, team. Whatever right. we get done. So it could be a unicorn as long as it's menacing. We could be the menacing unicorns. Menacing unicorns. I could be sold on that. <laughs> okay, but the mascot isn't a unicorn, it's a narwhal. The narwhal. It's cool with me. Howlers. I like that. The Thunderbirds. <laughs> the Thunderbirds already have their legacy. They're the yeah. they're the Colorado program. I think that one would be tough to slip by the uh the lawyers, the Thunderbirds. The actual <laughs> Is there like a Pokemon evolution of what a Thunderbird becomes when it's bigger? Zapdos. Yes. A tornado bird. Tornado bird. <laughs> a hurricane bird. I'm just trying to level up the weather. Oh, I like it being a little weather related too for the for the avalanche. Like mm -hmm. if there's there's something to be done there. Every time I refer to the avalanche as a weather event, I get somebody that gets snarky and tweets at me and like... It, okay, that's fair. But I'm like, it kind of... Like, kinda. There are naturally occurring avalanches. Yeah, I don't know what to call an avalanche. I don't know. The snow Bigfoot. <laughs> the Colorado 300 sunny days a year. The Shady Rays. The Shady There you go. Perfect. We've got our sponsor patch ready to go. I, I like the snow Bigfoot. I think that's fun. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> uh, all right. We can uh, we can move on to our next one here. Uh, let's see. What would your ideal NHL season schedule look like? This can include number of games, changing the start and end dates, uh, etc. I would say... About 70-ish games. Could definitely cut off like 10 to 12 games, and I think it would be better. I don't really have a problem with the start date. However, it might be in hockey's best interest to try and avoid the NFL entirely with their scheduling. Yeah, obviously no back-to-backs would be better for everyone, but... I think 66-game schedule. Sure. And I've always thought that the Winter Classic should be the first game of the year. I'm down. Megan, what you got? I am not crazy about the uh, push for more international games. I do think they're really disruptive to the schedule unless they had some sort of additional accommodation like fear games in the regular season so that there are some breaks that are offered within the season or even just fewer games in the season. I think we're all 
pro that. And this would give the league more opportunity to reevaluate, as we talked about, events like the All-Star Game. Because I do know the importance of having 82 games is the hope that people will be interested. But I do think that in seeing the numbers we're seeing with NHL's viewership go down, this is a greater conversation that the league needs to be mindful of generally, how to better market the NHL all year long. And I don't know that 82 games is the solution. And that is something that might be a part of it, though, is reevaluating the number of games and how to maximize the games that they do play, the order in which they play. I do think having something like a Winter Classic at the beginning of the season is a great suggestion to draw interest from the jump. Building off of this, uh, chat mentions Winter Classic weekend with like five games. How about Winter Classic weekend where you have an AHL game, uh, you could have a college game, and then you have a WJC game, and then it finishes with the first game of the NHL season. It, the weekend opens up. The last game of the weekend is the first of the NHL season. And it's the actual winter classic. Here for it. I like it a lot. Uh, there has been a lot of talk on Twitter recently of NHL. It's just stop scheduling all your games for the same time. Stagger them. Yeah. Every 15 minutes. So you can tune into all of the games if you want, instead of having to pick and choose which ones you want to watch. Don't think that would hurt. We'll leave it at that. Uh, next question, a little bit more of a mechanical one. I keep trying to figure out if the home team or the away team gets to set their stick down on the face-off first or second. Every time I think I figure it out, it changes. Well, that's because it depends on which zone you're in. Yeah. If you're at center ice, the home team is the one who doesn't have to stick their stick down. But everywhere else, it's if you're in your defensive zone, you have to put your stick down first. Yep. Uh, okay. We can keep moving. Uh, I don't know that we have a great answer for this one. Why don't we have tech implemented that measures when a puck and or a skate is on the blue line, vertical plane to have automatic and instant offside slash puck cross the line rulings. So. Cause Hawkeye has been busy perfecting this technology in tennis. <laughs> So I'm a little bit surprised that they don't have this technology already for the pucks. I can see where the player stuff would be a little bit more difficult because you're getting into a lot of variables with player speed, player size of boot, and having to track those types of things. But I'm I'm pretty darn surprised we don't have puck tracking properly as like a, an official thing yet. Can someone make a dummy's guide to offside? I might be working on that video, but I don't know if it'll be interesting enough for people to actually care. Fun fact, did you know there are seven subsections to the offside rule in the NHL handbook? I believe it. It's too much. That face Megan just had that was briefly frozen on was appropriate. Yeah. I don't even know what it was in response to, truthfully. Could have been something from 30 seconds ago. <laughs> the timing might be a little bit off for sure. Uh, <laughs> hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is what I wanted to ask. Uh, am I alone in seeing Makar in for fastest skater competition and being scared? I see fastest skater as the biggest risk for someone to lose an edge and hurt themselves. It's a stupid contest, IMO. I think it's a great contest. There's absolutely always the threat of injury, but I'm good with it. Yeah, me too. Um, I just want him to win. If you're going to do it, win. Don't lose the punk-ass Dylan Larkin. They're... You have to draw the line somewhere, right? Like, There's risk of injury every time you step on the ice, whether it's morning skate or a practice or whatever. You can't live your life in fear. Yeah, well, and it's not like, so there's the, so like the home run derby in baseball is a real thing where guys who are participating have messed up their swings. swings. 
because they go into the home run derbies trying to have a good showing so they can hit home runs. Um, there's just no like history of this of, of it, and and hey, there's no history of it until it happens, right? Could a guy go out there and totally lose an edge and and go into the boards and destroy his entire career? Like, yeah, it could totally happen, but. I don't think these guys like they they're competing in it, but I don't think that they're going so all out that they're going to do that, right? Like I just I don't know. I, for me, I guess I'm just not worried about it. If it if it happens, that's awful, and I don't want that to happen to anybody. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fret over you know Nathan McKinnon participating in the whatever splash shot whatever could you know, hurt a wrist or a shoulder or something. You just well, never know. These attack them. Yeah, exactly. An alligator <laughs> could attack them. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. You'd see that event never come back real fast if that happened. No, 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 no. I take it back. I don't even speak it into the universe. <laughs> uh, shout out Clint Barmas. Sometimes you're a pro sports player and you get hurt falling down your stairs. Carrying deer meat may or may not have been drunk carrying deer meat, but you know, what's this about a driveway or snow blowing your driveway? Okay, mm. too soon. Mm. <laughs> Great segue into our next question. It will always hurt my heart, it will always be too. Rudo, you need a different video behind you because this guy keeps missing the thing right there behind your shoulder, and it's driving me crazy every time he misses it. <laughs> He comes back and gets it, I promise. He'll turn around and he'll get it. Uh, anyway, the segue into our next uh, next question there. Uh, include, or rather excluding, excuse me, Avs management. Who do you think is the best front office in the NHL right now? Tampa Bay. Remaining so? Julian Breezeball is amazing. Hard to argue with that one, to be honest and with you. Steve Eiserman set him up amazingly. Yep. And Julian Breesball has been fantastic since they got rid of Ryan McDonough and they bring in a dude. I don't even know where he comes from. And, you know, that's not saying a lot. Right. I mean, I'm not, uh, I'm not like super well-versed on every, on, on all 32 systems in the NHL, but they lose a guy in Ryan McDonough. They need help on their back end, and they end up finding a guy named Nick Purbix. <laughs> I'm probably not even saying his name correctly, but this is what makes Tampa Bay so tremendous. They just do this all the time. They find they find value where other teams can't, and they ask guys like. Look at look at what they've gotten out of Corey Perry for a million dollars over and over and over, and Pat Maroon, and they get guys, they get guys to to stay on cheap deals. They get they they convince guys, hey, take the take the two hundred thousand dollar haircut. You know, now is that the is that because of how the taxes are in Florida? Is that why the guys are willing to do it? I don't know, but maybe. Maybe they just use that advantage really well, but they do a tremendous job of getting great value on all of their contracts. And every time they have to fill something, every time it's like, oh, you need they 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 need help, you know, with with this area of it, they might pay through the nose for a guy like Brandon Hagel, but making one point five million dollars, that guy has forty one points in forty eight games, and I hated that trade last year. I hated it. He was not good for them in those playoffs either. And he's been great for them this year. And you just look at uh, having Andre Vasilevsky is wonderful. He's amazing. He's legit. The best of this generation. He's incredible. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. He's probably going to finish as a top two or three goaltender of all time. He's insane. But they do just an unbelievable job of getting value out of that roster. I'm I'm curious how it continues now that they've given the huge deals to Chernak and Sergachev and Sorelli. What happens now will be interesting, but they're probably just gonna find the next the next Nick Perbix. 
They're just going to keep finding these guys and the Ross Coltons of the world. These guys are just mid-round picks that they turn into functional, quality NHLers. Tampa Bay is incredible. Any counter-argument, Megan? Are you on the Tampa train, too? I don't feel like I have spent enough time evaluating other front offices, but I will shout out Dallas for the Jason Robertson contract. I feel like that deserves at least a nod, but I don't know that I could endorse it as one of the best in the league. That was just some of the best maneuvering I've seen. It was certainly but a steal the second it was signed. Other than that, I feel like I would need a second to reevaluate all the other teams alongside it. Cause I think Colorado is up there in that conversation yep. completely, but I don't want to view it through an avalanche tinted lens until I've looked at other front offices and contracts recently. Fair enough. What I think is interesting about Colorado's front office is they might've just accepted the fact that they haven't been very good at drafting and said, we're going to use draft picks as our primary capital. We haven't been good at this. We trust, we trust our pro scouting to be able to make use of these picks to get us NHL players that can fit for us and can stay for us. And so they're aggressively moving picks at a rate that they never have before while still properly valuing first rounders and being like, we really don't want to do that unless it's a big, big, big move. The thing is, I think they have gotten better on the drafting side too. You look at, obviously the first round they've been very successful in, but you look at guys like Connor Timmons. Now, obviously they ended up moving on from Connor Timmons and worth it. You look at someone like a JLF who I think people are very high on going forward. You feel better about their drafting than you did five years ago. I'll put it that way. Uh, Do you? I do. Because JLF is nothing right now. I mean, he's just a prospect is what I'm saying. I, hear you. I don't mean to I, say he's nothing. That's but, rude, but JLF but. feels significantly closer to the NHL than any of their mid-round picks had five years ago. I will say, like, pick falls to third round, and there's at least potential NHL upside there. And this is in two pro seasons that you can see that realization. I don't think that's half bad. Not that it's been great. I'm just saying it's better than it was. Um, for me, until until they get a full-time NHLer, this incremental stuff, I mean, it's not meaningless, but I'm just looking for that result. I'm looking for, let's get an NHL player out of one of these guys. Fair. And if they can continue to be aggressive, if Ben Myers can have success, and they can continue to be successful mining the UFA free agent market, and they can do a good job of getting these guys getting the Andreas England types of the world, guys that other teams have given up on, they put them a year or two in their system and they get them to play their style of hockey. And they can get some value out of them. The Ryan Graves reclamation projects, like reclamation stuff is where they've done a really good job versus other teams. They've done a really good job finding guys that fit their style of the game. The drafting continues to be a problem. And it feels like they just accepted it and we're like, we're going to move on from our picks. And we're just going to, because teams value, because for, for a, what, like a, it's like a 6% chance or something, you get a guy, an NHL player, a real NHL player out of a third round pick or lower. Quite low. And for a 6% chance, you take two third round picks every single deadline and you turn it into a guy that helps your defense for the next four years. Like. Sure. The abs aren't close to that, but I love I love the draft. I love the draft and development stuff. I love how hard it is. I love how interesting it is. I think it's great. Colorado just hasn't been very good at it outside of its its high 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 picks, which they have done an immaculate job with. And if you're <laughs> going to be good at drafting, that's, that's the part you want to be good at. at. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I do feel like the window for evaluating how the most recent pool of prospects is performing is one that we're still in. I think it's difficult to evaluate. Like, I think the best we could is That's the fair. outcome of a Bowers and a Calp. Those do not seem like they have gone to expectation. I think that's fair to be critical of. But then I do feel like there's this other phase in the Alausen, the potentially sample Rantas, 
that's where foodie fits in that we're evaluating mm -hmm. them and they are in a, a point where you want to see them make the leap but also it's a little soon that they have some allowances to see those prospects become something and there's concern there too i don't know if samparenta makes the leap to the nhl or not oscar lawson thankfully is so early into this process that i think it's just too soon to evaluate this pool of prospects and this is the one ushered in more recently in the Wade Clippenstein era that I feel like it does warrant kind of a fresh page, but we won't be able to evaluate it right away. We're in the middle of it. And there's a lot of concerns that still remain there. And that's a, that's totally fair. I don't mean to make it sound like I'm closing the book on all these guys because I'm not. I'm just saying until until one of them does make a full-time leap, I'm just kind of all right. I think I that's have, fair. I have the solution. Get all the prospects to drink athletic greens. They'll all make the NHL. It's that easy. All right. Athletic greens will take care of you genuinely, though. Lots of athletes use it as part of their daily routines for workouts to get their immune system boosted and things like that. So go check them out today. You can go over to athleticgreens.com slash avalanche to order today. And when you do, you get a year's supply of vitamin D to go along with it. Athletic Greens, it's a daily supplement. It's just one scoop in your cup of water. You can do it every morning whenever you want to do it. And it'll get you with 75 different vitamins and minerals, a bunch of adaptogens, and all sorts of other good stuff to make sure you're up and running at peak physical condition. So jump on it. Go over there with Athletic Greens. Take control of your health today. Go to athleticgreens.com slash avalanche to order. Also brought to you by the people over at FOCO. They're the leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with all sorts of stuff, including apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more than that. They also have the best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. You got to check it out. You got to go take a look at all the crazy stuff FOCO has, whether it be for the Abs or the Broncos or teams not even from Colorado. They have you covered with a bunch of awesome stuff. So jump on it today. Use the DNVR code over there, and you get 10% off your order at foco.com. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, Going to get into some wacky questions now. Who uh -oh. would you take first overall if cartoon characters became hockey players in the draft? Any generation any show could you repeat that question all cartoon characters in history are in a fantasy draft who are you taking first overall and the correct answer is goofy i mean I... how does this not start with like the x-men <laughs> i was gonna I, take I... a pokemon what was that i was gonna take a pokemon yeah, I, I've kind of assumed like superpowers and actually murdering people were off limits. Well, because I'm like, you could have the actual Nightcrawler instead of just having the facsimile that Kale McCarr regularly provides. You just have actual Nightcrawler teleporting the puck from one end to the other. So yeah. now we're banning superheroes. Are you gonna? Are, are we banning Batman gadgets too? Can, I, can you yes, come up with you some hockey gadgets? You have to like abide by the rules of hockey, I assume. Oh my god! No outside material. So we went from all cartoons ever to suddenly having some you pretty can, big limits. You can still use Nightcrawler; he just can't use his powers. I mean, Wolverine's Canadian. Yeah, I don't know how you like get the metal out of his bones either that one would be a tough fix he'd just run people over do you and he would... the wild thornberries i do i think his name was donnie yeah the the wild child yeah that was Donnie. yeah i think i think him <laughs> purely from memory his face kind of reminds me of mac chuck You see, yeah. See, I would wow. take Bart over Lisa. Anime definitely does not count. <laughs> definitely not going there. That beagle balls out on ice. This is what our chat has turned into. Yeah. I love Snoopy. <laughs> 
<laughs> I think he would have some effort-based issues at times, so I'm not sure yeah. if he could play with pace. That dude's definitely taking naps on the bench, for sure. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's let's find some other ones. I mean, what about like Darkwing Duck? Yeah, that could be good. That feels solid. All right, if I take a street shark, can he like swim around under the ice? <laughs> some serious questions that have to be answered to sort out this hockey league. We didn't press you on Goofy enough. There's like a very famous Goofy cartoon where it's called Hockey Homicide, where a bunch of Goofies get together and score like a billion goals in a hockey game. Oh my gosh. I've never heard of it. Yeah, it's a thing. Uh, okay, let's see. Oh. Yeah, no one, we're never going to get the roommate story. You guys need to just accept that, the people who keep asking for it. It's just too long, guys. That's the problem. It's too long. Because uh, I could give you a TLDR version of it, and it would be wildly unsatisfying. <laughs> uh, we had a lot of questions about trade deadline content, etc. Don't worry. We have a ton of stuff coming over the next month for that. So we will cover everyone you asked about in the tweets. I promise we will get to them all this month. So... Don't worry about it. Hmm. I don't know, chat. You got any questions? I think we answered most of the good ones on on the Twitter. If chat has any live questions, we can answer a couple of those while I, I look through the rest of these. Uh, if knives are unavailable, would you use ninja stars, Megan? Yes. Yes. It's not about the weapon itself. It's about what it represents. About what it represents. You protect it any at all costs. <laughs> all right. Good to know. Any sharp object, be on the lookout. Anything uh, is a weapon if you try hard and believe in yourself. I don't even think you have to try that hard. Uh, when you look at the next wave of up-and-coming teams, who are two future contenders and two pretenders? Uh, I'm going to say Ottawa is a pretender. I'm going to say for the moment Montreal is a pretender because I just don't see it yet. I don't see the star there. Sure. Because if it's if it's Nick Suzuki, that's not good enough. Mm -hmm. um, if Slavkovsky develops into the monster that he could be, then that's good enough. Um, so I, I guess Montreal, I, I guess like Montreal, I'm consider me as like a we'll wait and see, but right now I don't see it. And this conversation changes a ton depending on who wins the Petard lottery. Yeah, it does. For the, for the legit ones, it really does. <laughs> because, like, Chicago has nothing at the moment. Like, Kevin Korchinski right now is the face of their rebuild. Okay. Um, Arizona, like, it's like Logan Cooley. Like, all right. Um, yeah. I don't buy L.A., Personally, I think this is where they top out. I, their young guys just haven't gotten that much better. I mean, Byfield in particular, right? It's just not. It's a, I mean, Byfield, Turcotte, Brent Clark. Like, it's still early, obviously, for all of these guys, except for maybe Turcotte, which feels weird because it was only four years ago. But he's done so little since then. Um. But but like with the Kings, like they're you look at the majority of their big contributors. Where's where where's the guy taking over for Andre Kopitar? Where's the guy taking over for Drew Doughty? Yeah, you know those guys are they're, they're, Andre Kopitar is thirty five years old. You know Phil Phil Deneau is a good player. If he's your one C, you're not going very far. Fair enough. You know, like, I I guess I just don't. 
LA did a really good job of building a really good farm system, and they've done a really poor job of translating that farm system into an NHL team. And that's where I'm looking at it, and I'm like, I would rather do it the way Colorado did it, where you only had a couple of star player, star caliber uh, of guys, but they all became stars. And you had to figure out the rest of that. Uh, whereas LA is like, yeah, they've gotten good, like good players. Adrian Kempe is a nice player, you know, that, that was an internal development guy. It was their own draft and develop, you know, they've got, they've got good players dotted all over their roster, but where's the next level? And I don't see the, I, I just don't see it. And so I, I'm just consider me like a hardcore hater of the Kings, I guess, because I just don't see where they go from here. Uh, from the chat, we have a, a question from Rusko here who asks, if you had to demote an Av to promote an Eagle, who would they be? It would maybe be Ben Myers, which I don't know if he counts as an Av. He's on the roster, so. I mean, technically he's not at this second, but he is. And and honestly, that's like, if I'm being prompted to do this, I'm still not entirely sure that there's a better solution. I would just like to see Shane Bowers get a chance, actually, at the NHL level. So, no heat to Ben Myers. Just, that would be the motive behind that move. You can keep Myers down, you can put Mulligan down too, and then you can get Bowers and Foodie. Let's go. I will say too, so like Bowers... They have not been comfortable playing him at center in Loveland very much, but they have been running with this more recently, which I'm encouraged by because that is better for his flexibility and his path back to the Avs if there ever was one, if he can play at center. I know technically he can and should be able to do that. They just haven't given him a lot of chances to do it with the Eagles. Even Cronin has said he's preferred him on wing, but I'm glad they're giving Bowers a chance at center. Hopefully it points to priming him for a potential call-up in the future should they need him. We can hope. Uh, weird question. How do you guys pronounce pho? Pho. He also thought it was pho. Okay. So we're all in agreement then. Is this a white people moment? It might be. Uh, are you guys watching the skills comp tonight? I am at very least. We'll be doing a less a watch along and more a skills competition and chill. If you guys want to come hang on the second screen, we'll be we'll be live. Watch, or at least I it's will. a watch along. I plan on getting drunk during it and being yeah. ridiculous. It will be the least professional thing that we would do. Indeed. We will be pushing live on a stream and then we will just be hanging out with you guys in our, in our apartments or in houses. Just drinking and making fun of stupid stuff that happens mostly yeah. is what will be going on. Also, all of you guys about Quentin Byfield, um, where is it? Yeah, Byfield is now on year three, and it's not gone particularly well. Yeah. I just wanted to shout out Turcotte, though. He's had a lot of bad injuries affect yeah. them, and that it's the outcome and the end conclusion here is still the same. I just wanted to give him some context that that has been difficult for him. Which was always when he, so his draft year, that was the one thing. Cause I loved how smart he was and how fast he was, but the injuries, the guy would just get knocked over by a stiff breeze, you know? And that's, it just sucks that it's continued into pro hockey. But one of those things that when a guy is regularly hurt as a young guy, you're like, I'm nervous about this, and it sucks to see that come to fruition with Turcotte. It has it has been a bummer because when he's been healthy in the AHL, he's a really really good AHL player. And for the record, so is Quentin Byfield, and I'm not slamming the door shut that Quentin Byfield is going to be a good NHL player. But I don't he's know that gonna he's live going to live up to number two. Yeah. Well, and and when I say who's taking over for Andre Kopitar, if your answer is Quentin Byfield, that's why I'm not sold on the Kings' future. I mean, I'm happy for Gabe Velarde that he's finally healthy and being a real hockey player. But totally, again, I don't think he's your Kopitar replacement. Well, in a tale of a hot start, yeah, and a guy that you know, 
I would say has slowed significantly since he began uh, since it began this year because he had 13 points in October. Yep, he's got 31 now. Yeah, he had seven. In, in, he had seven in six games in January, so that's nice. But it's he had five crazy. points in November and six yep. points in December. Double digit games played in each month. So he's a streaky boy for sure. Ooh. Streaky. How good do you think Luke Hughes is going to be? Megan, thoughts? That's t- you can't dunk on him. Dunk on him. I think he'll be better than <laughs> I presently expect him to be. <laughs> I just know after WJC's, you you came away with some feelings. <laughs> I didn't think he was good, but I will not live and die by WJC's solely. That makes you better than a significant number of NHL scouts. Oh, it's so true. <laughs> oh, my God, is it true? <laughs> uh, Luke Hughes, how good do I think he's going to be? I honestly don't know. Um, I think he's going to be a good puck mover. But holy smokes, that defense has a very, very long way to go. All right. On that note, we're going to wrap up the show. We've kept Marissa producing us for far too long as it is. Yo, does Kel McCarr win fastest skater tonight? I'm going to say no. Okay. <laughs> if he does, I'll finish my drink. How about that? Uh, we will be going live for the skills competition at 5 p.m. Mountain Time. Same at YouTube channel. If you want to come hang with someone to have a silly old time watching it, come hang with us. Uh, also, you can go to uh, the DNVR locker right now, I believe it is. Maybe it's not the locker, but we're doing a party bus takeover on February 25th for Kadri's return to Ball Arena. You can go get your tickets now. When you get the ticket for the game and the bus and everything, it comes with a free DNVR shirt. So why not jump on that? Get yourself a shirt. Get yourself a sweet experience at Ball Arena. If you've already got tickets, you can also get bus tickets only for $20. Uh, That's cheaper than parking. So you might as well jump on that and come have a good time with us. We appreciate all y'all. We will be back Monday. I was actually just pulling up Notion. I didn't know if we picked our days off. Yeah, we haven't yet. Okay. I didn't know. We'll be back next week. How about that? We have Monday off. There you go. All right. We'll be back Tuesday. See you soon.